Welcome to the Friday Night Clive podcast with me, Clive Payne. In this podcast, we look back at the amazing charities, organisations and people we have chatted to over the past few months, all of whom have interesting and important stories to tell. Now, we know that the winter poses many problems for our elderly community. And before winter really sets in, the charity, the Royal Voluntary Service, has unveiled a new guide to help older people with information get through these difficult months. To tell us more about this help and the research that has been conducted into the impact of winter and the older population is Fiona Longhurst, who's a director from the Royal Voluntary Service. And she joins me now on the line. Good evening, Fiona. Oh, good evening. Thank you very much for joining us, Fiona. Um, I'm well, thank you, and trust you are as well. Um, Fiona, tell me about the Royal Voluntary Service then for anybody who is unaware of of, of the organisation and what you do. Oh, thank you. Yes, the Royal Voluntary Service, um, some of your listeners may may be familiar, but we've been around since just before the Second World War. It's a a volunteering organisation that sort of supports in communities up and down uh, Great Britain. I think about 3 million people or so have actually volunteered um, for us since then. Um, and uh, they're still going strong. Um, they're helping out in, in communities. So they might do things like support somebody after they've come home from hospital. Perhaps they don't have a, uh, a family network nearby. And uh, the volunteers will sort of step in and provide that sort of support. They also run things like lunch clubs, which are great sort of community activities where you know older people typically will come along during the week and and uh, have a sort of hearty lunch and chance to sort of connect with other people instead of sitting home on their own um so some lovely sort of different services also um you may have come across us in hospital settings so we we have cafes and run trolley services around the wards as well so that if you're if you are sort of unfortunately uh, in a hospital bed, you can get visited by a friendly volunteer who might have a nice cup of tea or a, uh, a magazine for you or a chocolate treat or something to kind of um, make you feel a bit more perky uh, as you're sort of uh, recovering uh, there. So a whole range of different things that our volunteers do, but they, they absolutely love their volunteering. And um, I, I think, you know, we always say you get as much out of it really as the people we're supporting. Now, the Royal Voluntary Service conducted uh, this study, didn't they, on the impact of winter on the older population. Mm. What prompted the organisation to do that and what did you learn from the study? Well, we wanted to find out, because obviously a lot of our um, the people we support are over 65, a lot of them a lot older than that. Um, and we wanted to um, explore just how um, they were feeling about the winter coming, really, and what they uh, whether they had some you know, concerns about it, what they, uh, whether they were um, in sort of some trepidation. And actually, um, I think we, we got the answer uh, that we were sort of expecting, which is that actually they aren't looking forward to winter very much. Obviously, we're quite, we seem like we're, we're now sort of in winter, don't we, <laughs> towards the end of November. It's mm-hmm. very certainly dark outside my window right now. Um, and But, um, you know, 46% of them said they absolutely dread winter. So it's, um, you know, a really strong statement. They absolutely dread it. Um, and the reasons were the shorter daylight hours um, and the cold weather, of course. But I think um, nowadays as well, with heating bills being more expensive than they used to be, that is also a concern um, for a lot of people as well. And that's obviously not just older people. That concerns very many people. Um, so 
we wanted to, um, you know, given those findings, make sure that the we could provide uh, some guidance for people really to um, what they can do uh, to take some steps to help them through the the winter months. And uh, this this time we've we've focused quite a lot on food actually. Well, I mean, a lot of people find themselves in situations of either heat or eat. Um, and I, I, you know, and that, I was watching something on the television the other day when the advice they were giving, I don't know whether you'd agree with this or not, but the advice they were giving was to feed feed the person, you know, I so say you eat and that increases your body temperature and you don't feel the cold quite so much. So they suggested heating, uh, suggested eating overheating. Um but food is important because that's the only way we can keep our immune system at top notch and fight off as many viruses and bugs that we, that we can. And it makes you feel better, doesn't it, as well? Oh, it does. Yeah. I mean, I think I think um, you know that's an awful choice, isn't it? Heat or or eat. You know. I mean, there are some things that you know we can we can talk about that can can help you sort of manage the, the heating a little bit. But but absolutely, the food is so important for keeping your keeping your body strong keeping your energy levels up and it's not just food it's also staying hydrated so just because it's winter you think oh maybe it's not so important to keep drinking uh, because actually in the summer you think you stay hydrated but actually in the winter as well you need to make sure that you do and um, it, it's easier to forget to drink but you should still be drinking eight to ten drinks a day even in the winter and um you know it will reduce headaches it will improve your concentration increase your energy levels but you're absolutely right having having sort of uh, good nutrition will really help you to to stay well during the winter months um, and this year actually um our our booklet that we've created the safe warm and well guide includes within it um sort of a, a list of mood boosting foods we've worked work with a um a, a chef that is quite well known she's called rosemary schrager uh, mm. i think she's been on i'm a celebrity in the jungle and she's you know, had to deal with all the, the the weird and wonderful ingredients out there to kind of make these uh, make meals. So she's uh, uh, she's you know well published kind of cookery writer as well. And she's she's worked with um, our friends at Yakult who have been uh, amazing, and they've their nutritionists have worked out what are um, the most important mood boosting foods that you can have because a lot of people get a bit. Um, down in the dumps during the winter months, don't they? And mm. and actually, this is about saying, okay, if you if you choose your food well, actually, some of these foods will actually give you, um, you know, will will really boost your mood, make you feel a little bit happier. So actually, um, these foods are, are very familiar foods, really. Things like eggs and chicken and turkey, which is good for Christmas. Um, leafy greens, sort of oats, uh, nuts, liver, avocado, uh, and vegetables and even potatoes and berries and so on. So, you know, whole foods, I suppose. But using those, um, Rosemary Schrager then created some specific recipes out of those ingredients and called them happy plates. So these are our happy plate recipes for people to give a try over the winter months and hopefully boost their mood, make them feel a little bit better uh, during these um, the, the trickier months of the year. What other things does the safe, Stay Safe, Warm and Well guide offer as well as that? As well as that, um, we've got some really practical um, tips and advice as well. Um, so it's about, you know, the staying safe part. Often we sort of think about, okay, so if there's, um, you know, 
make sure that your 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 boiler is is safe that you you haven't got gas leaks and things like that we include all the information about you know who to who to telephone in in that sort of emergency and all those numbers are included in the guide it's just quite handy to have a copy of it and have it somewhere that you know where it is so all of that information is ready to hand um there's also things like you know if you have a power cut um, you know, that can be really upsetting if you're not prepared. So it's about sort of getting, getting prepared in advance for that so that you know where the torch is, you know where you've got your sort of essential kit is um, so that you're, um, you're, you're able to respond, you know, quickly. We also have advice on that, though, to um, if you do qualify um, and if you're sort of slightly more vulnerable, you will qualify to join the priority services register. Now, this is a good tip because if you join that register, if there is a power outage, you'll be right at the top of the list uh, to be supported to get you, you know, your, your energy, your power back on. So that's absolutely worthwhile doing. And that's, that's um, important because some people have mains-dependent medical equipment, which obviously if well, there is a power cut, it yes. stops operating. So that, that's really important, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely important. And of course, if you're, you know, if you are sort of slightly frail, older, you know, it's quite unnerving to suddenly not have, um, not have any any power, you know, and to to have to mm -hmm. kind of work out what how you're going to move around your home. You know, it's it's actually uh, is an important priority to, uh, to 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 make sure that most vulnerable people get help as quickly as possible. So well worth doing that. But you have to do it in advance. Of course, you can't just do it on the day you've got no. to have that uh, already set up so it's a good idea to get that done before winter really sort of kicks in now we've talked about mood boosting food and we've talked about looking after our own welfare a lot of people suffer what i would describe as social isolation and loneliness during the winter months us humans we are designed to be sociable creatures we're sociable animals um and there are so many ways that we can communicate with each other nowadays but i think you know even if you can't get out a telephone call is worth its weight in gold but what other advice does the guide offer to actually sort of combat this social isolation yeah, well, I couldn't agree more. And actually, a lot of the work that Royal Voluntary Service does in communities is about bringing people together and trying to combat social isolation, which unfortunately is, is you know, is quite a big problem um, for, for lots and lots of people. Um, so coming together with others is, you know, is in a friendly sort of setting is, is a real uh, boon for people. So I would say to them, um, absolutely have a look at what community groups and organisations are available to you locally. Um, you know, for example, um, Royal Voluntary Service runs lunch clubs. Um, it also runs social groups and activity groups. So if you want to do something active, um, there are opportunities to do, you know, perhaps a, a chair-based exercise class or even a yoga class, if that sort of is of interest to you. But you could also um, just to join in with a, a sort of cup of tea and a slice of cake on a you know a games afternoon or something of that sort so it's a range of things for everybody really to get involved with but we're not the only people doing that there are other organizations and community groups doing similar so i think that's a really good idea to sort of see what's available in your local area um, but if you're less mobile and getting out and about is actually quite difficult, then you will write about the telephone calls. And if you obviously, you know, if you've got neighbours and friends and family, you know, just make sure you're giving them regular calls. But also, um, if you would like a call from a volunteer, um, that's something that uh, we're able to offer. Um, we run a scheme with the NHS called um, the NHS and Care Volunteer Responders. And we've got 35,000 volunteers on that scheme. A lot of them 
just eager to have really good conversations with people. There are check-in and chat volunteers. Um, and people can um, just phone up and, and book themselves onto the scheme. And actually, the volunteers really love it. So it's a really two-way benefit. You know, everybody enjoys having the chat. Um, so actually, um, I could give a phone number out for yes, listeners please. if they wanted to take that down. It's 0808 196 3646. So that's 0808 196 3646. And that, and call, just, that calls um, free from landlines and mobiles, isn't it? Yeah, and you just phone up the... Um, that will be to our um, call centre, which is open from 8 till 8, and they will then... You'll just say, I'd like a check-in and chat, and they'll take your details, and then you can choose how often you'd like a call. And, um, you know, as I say, it's a really mutual benefit thing. The volunteers really love doing it. And um, you speak to people from different parts of the country. You know, you have um, lots to discover, and it's, uh, it's I think, a, a lovely, a lovely service. And it's completely free, of course, yes, no, no charge. So um, that's one thing that people can do. Um, they can also volunteer, of course, themselves, and that's often a way of building new connections and um, also finding that sort of personal reward, which um, we know is very, very good for your mm -hmm. health and well-being if you take part in volunteering yourself. Well, I mean, what makes a good volunteer for the Royal Voluntary Service? People ask me that, and I will say, you know, that, you know, our volunteers literally come from every walk of life, every age, every background. So there's no cookie-cutter sort of version of a volunteer. But what they probably do generally have is a, a friendly sort of demeanour and they um, and they like people. So they, they, they want to support and they feel um, that they, you know, they, they enjoy actually helping other people. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're a fantastic group. And, um, you know, you can, I think what, what charities like ours have realised now is that we need to be quite flexible around people's time you know, so not everybody has got, can do the same thing um, or the same time every week for the same amount of time every week. We need to allow flexibility around modern life with volunteering, allow people to sort of um, do the volunteering role that fits them and fits the amount of time that they've got. And, um, you know, so some of our volunteering is really like that. So you just literally put yourself on duty on, on your app, on your phone, and you can, you can just say, right, I'm ready to do a check-in and chat call, you know, now, so I'll put myself on duty, and then you'll be sort of sent a call if, if one's available for you to do. Whereas other people will do a regular shift at the hospital and will run one of our trolleys around, and they might do every Tuesday afternoon. So it really depends on what people's time availability is and, and you know, what their interests are. And I guess people can find out more information by going onto your website for that, which we'll come to uh, in a short while. But I, I assume all the information is on there. All the information is on our website, um, in, both in the guide, but also generally on our website. We've got um, information about volunteering on there. If people want to have a look at, see what's available in their area, they can, you know, pop it into their postcode, uh, pop their postcode into a search bar and it, opportunities will come up for them to look at and review and see if there's something there that they like the look of. Super. Well, one thing I do want to explore is the virtual village hall. That's, mm. I'm intrigued by that. What's that all about, Fiona? Well, the virtual village hall was something that was started during COVID when um, we had lots of lovely activity groups that were happening up and down the country and suddenly they couldn't operate. And um, we thought, well, you know, what are we going to do? You know, there's all these people that are stuck at home and um, could really do with 
some you know connection and some activities to keep them um sort of feeling okay and so what we did is we put lots of the things that we would normally do in person we put them online as live classes um and uh, it was so popular we've just kept doing it and um so this again is totally free um so there are lots of things that you have to pay money for if, like online where if you want to do a kind of gym class or something so we're not doing that we're a charity we're doing it to support people so it's completely uh free and every day during the week not the weekend so every day during the week there's a live class that you can join on if you're uh, on facebook you can join it as a live class and effectively you're you're having a, a tutor session through the through the screen and you're joining other people that are also in that session and some of it is physical activity you know um which could be zumba or something mm-hmm. um but equally, it could be like a book club or it could be a crafting session. Um, we've had things like learning British Sign Language. Um, we have a whole host of different things. We have cookery on there. So it is, you know, it really is whatever your interests are, you'll definitely find mm-hmm. it in the, village, uh, in the village hall. And we've got all of our past videos uh, from previous classes are available to look at as well. So if you're not worried about being in the live environment, and you just want to see what's out there, you can just search up and all of that stuff's available. But it's quite nice to be in the live class because the, the people that are participating do chat to each other on, you know, through the computer while mm-hmm. they're doing it. And so it does have that feeling of, of community. And you make loads of, loads of new friends that way as well, which I think is nice. It's really nice. Yeah, you do. And it's so friendly. It's so friendly. People say, oh, you know, hi, I'm from Birmingham. And then someone else will say, oh, hi, I'm and they'll be in Fife or somewhere, you know, they're just like, mm-hmm. they're all sort of checking in from around the country um, and, you know, just coming together to do something that's quite fun, you know, probably quite good for you. And, you know, it just it just lifts people's spirit. Absolutely. Now, it's very clear that RVS provides a comprehensive kaleidoscope of different services. Now, you're a charity, as you said earlier on. How are you funded, Fiona? Do you get any state funding or do you have to go out there and get it yourself? Well, we have, it's a, a mixed bag, to be honest. We get mm. and some of our services are, are um, uh, commissioned, but, um, you know, we do rely uh, a lot on donations and, um, you know, the generosity of the public um, you know, and, uh, and other funders for, uh, to support our work. Yes, so we don't, we're not, unfortunately, we're not... Um, in the past, I think, in earlier eras of RVS, um, we were a, a crown service, they call it, so you would be um, provided with a... Um, you know, funding from central government. That that's not the case no. uh, for us now. Um, we are um, we are a, an organisation like many other charities that um, that need that need the goodwill of the public to, to donate to us. So obviously, sure. any generous listeners out there that uh, that feel they'd like to donate, they can do that on our website as well. The thing is, you never know when you may be on the receiving end or require that support from you as well. So you know, it, it works both ways, doesn't it? Of course. It does, and you know that's that's the thing about uh, the the volunteers. I mean, sometimes we we find that some of the people that we've supported, it goes the other direction as well. So some of the people that we've supported, say for example, they've they've been in hospital, we've supported them afterwards, and you know done their shopping, helped them to kind of take the first walk outside the home when they when they're feeling a little bit kind of shaky, and um, once they've recovered, they think, oh, actually, I'd quite like to volunteer. Uh, for you and they kind of join us as part of the of the team 
and that's a really lovely thing as well you know so it does kind of there is there's definitely um movement between both sides and yes some of the volunteers um you know have have needed support so it's um it is that feeling of being in a um a sort of network or of a sort of extended family really with the volunteers and the and the people that are being helped I just want to revisit uh, the stay safe, warm and well. Um, And I just need you just to underline some of the key recommendations from the guide, just so uh, it gives us an idea of what we can get from it. Yeah, so I I think we we talked a little bit about the kind of priority services register Mm -hmm. and that staying safe bit. I think in terms of like the the other kind of key messages within it around staying warm, like we talked about that, didn't we? Now, one of the things that does, um, they do say, and the advisors that we've kind of uh, lent on for some of this content, they're saying, well, actually, you know, you should really be heating your home at around 18 degrees centigrade. Um, if it's too expensive, you feel, to like heat your whole house, at least you want to heat the rooms that you're in and that you're using, you know, so that you can keep your body strong and fight off infections. The other thing that's recommended, though, is something that sounds quite old-fashioned, but is really useful and very economical, and that's an electric blanket. Remember them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, electric blankets um, are very inexpensive to use, but they are really effective at keeping you cosy. So that's a really good option, as is, I would say, a hot water bottle. Again, something that we feel like oh maybe that's of an earlier era but actually these things are really useful in this context you know the other things um, about keeping warm it's definitely worthwhile making sure that you haven't got you, you know that you've got insulation that you're that you've got lag around your pipes and you know that you're that you're just making sure that the the drafts aren't aren't um, you know you haven't got drafty windows or or windows open obviously that mm. kind of thing just make sure that you retain the warmth in the house and there are some tips available from uh, the energy saving trust which we talk about in the guide as well and money saving tips as well you can potentially see whether you're able to get grants and discounts and Ofgem has um, a, a special page uh, that we link to uh, called Energy Advice for Households and it tells you, that will tell you whether there are any um, opportunities for you to get a grant uh, which could bring down you know, your energy costs as well. So that's really important. And I think on the staying well side, we've talked about the food and the lovely recipes, which I have to say, we've got something called beef tagine with mashed potato that's... Um, oh. um, that, uh, You're making me uh, hungry, Fiona. That, that Rosemary, <laughs> Rosemary has uh, created as one of the happy plates. And we tried that with one of our lunch clubs last week to debut it. And they absolutely loved it. They absolutely loved it. They were raving about it. So um, I think... You can um, you can be assured that whether it's the beef tagine recipe, the baked salmon recipe, or the oat coated chicken recipe, all three of those that Rosemary has um, created for us will be absolute knockout and fantastic. So absolutely, do the food and get that kind of mood boosting food inside you. But in addition to that, um, in terms of the, the staying well, of course, vaccination is really important this time of year, and I'm sure. Um, uh, many of your listeners will already have had their flu jab if they're eligible and their COVID jab if they're eligible. But it's um, if not, then then do do get those. Um, they're still available to to you and actually um, will help you stay well during during the winter period. And then the other thing is to stay active. You know, we talked about going out to clubs and groups 
But it is important to try and take a little bit of exercise if you're able to do that. You know, a gentle walk. You know, don't. It's tempting, I think, when the weather's bad and cold, to just stay indoors, draw the curtains. Hmm. But actually, it's um, uh, try try and get out during the day while the, while the sunshine or you know at least the light is still with you, and then get uh, get out there, have a have a walk. Um, if not going to an exercise club or on the virtual village hall, which also has lots of lively stuff going on, which you can get involved with. So all of those things, I think, um, are good to bear in mind. Uh, as we go through the winter months. Just remind us of your website, Fiona, if you will. The website is where you can pick up a copy of the guide um, and also find out about volunteering opportunities and everything else. Uh, it's royalvoluntaryservice.org.uk forward slash safe, warm, well. Um, so that's uh, straightforward for people to hop on there. And you can download a copy of the guide, so you can just sort of have a look at it. You can download it yourself there. Or if you prefer to have a, a sort of paper-based hard copy of the guide, with that's on, on offer as well. And you can just um, order that on the website and it will be sent to you in the post. So if you've got somebody that you think, mm, actually, they could really do with this guide, it would really benefit them, um, then why not order a, a couple of copies and um, you can you know, take one round to them. And I'm sure it would be really um, appreciated. Fiona Longhurst, Director of the Royal Voluntary Service, thank you very much for talking to Friday Night Live. That is your lot for this episode. You can catch the programme live every Friday night on Black Country Radio from 6 o'clock p.m. And if you like our podcast, please subscribe by heading to blackcountryradio.co.uk forward slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. See you very soon. This is a Black Country Radio podcast presented by me, Clive Payne, and produced by Andy Caddick.